Brian, please sign this, confirming this is everything you've ever said. Is that thing about the Mormons in there? Yeah, that's highlighted on page 342. Well, damn it. Okay, we'll now sign this one, too. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and this is our review of the Disney Plus series Loki, specifically episode one, titled Glorious Purpose. Joining me, as always, are the mad scientist Brian Banner and the American hero Nate Thurman to review this episode as we do all of our TV episodes using the four Bro4 Squad criteria, which are the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and then any theories or questions we have for the show going forward. Let's get right into it. Nate, uh, we're huge fans of Owen Wilson, of course, from his turn in Wedding Crashers and a few Mm -hmm. other films. We finally get him in the MCU in an interesting role as Michael Mobius. What do you think about his performance and then anyone else? I mean, obviously Tom Hiddleston. A little bit of a role in this series. Just as well. he, he sprinkled in some talent over over some of the other people, but um, man, yeah, seeing Owen Wilson get cast for this and then actually seeing him perform um, was amazing, and it, it didn't really even detract from the show, which I thought may be an issue, but I think it was played really well. Um, me and me and Horns were talking off pod, but. He got to play Owen Wilson. There wasn't much change or I don't think too much direction they try to force him in, which I really think kept it pretty genuine. And he was able to really play himself in this role um, and did a great job with his interaction with Loki in the show, um, which we, we can probably get into a little later in the plot with their back and forth and and that whole dynamic. Um, and then I'm. They kind of stole the show, which rightfully, right, rightfully so, they should. Him and um, Tom Hiddleston, um, and we were talking off pod about this too. He might be one of the best actors in um, the MCU. I also threw out Paul Bettany. I think we maybe we just have a thing for British actors. I don't know. Get a soft <laughs> spot for him. Their voice is like, oh man, they must be good at acting because they speak different. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they killed it. It was a great opening episode with a with a lot of great acting and and good dynamics between those two. And with Owen Wilson like casting him i think any at this point hollywood knows what his skill set is and what he can do and so to get him and let him be owen wilson is just a smart move and if you would have told me like five years ago like dude what do you think about like a show where it's owen wilson you know (laughs) owen wilsoning it up and he gets to interact and fuck with loki i'd be like that sounds incredible yeah and and now we get it and banner tossing it over to you we're kind of spoiled because between the last two uh MCU shows, we've gotten to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus now in the MCU and Owen Wilson. So just as a fan of like all their work in the past, I think it's cool just to see them in one of our favorite uh, cinematic universes. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think just playing off of that point right there, um, we talked about a few years ago when Anthony Hopkins did Westworld. You're now seeing these people that are great movie actors 
and movie stars going into the realm of TV and they're not being shunned to TV. They're being sought after for TV. And I think that's a big shift in Hollywood and just in the mindset of actors. They just we just we just want to see them do great stories, whether that is a comedy like Wedding Crashers or a TV series like Seinfeld or Veep. Or and then now you have these more serious roles like Falcon Winter Soldier or or Loki. Um, it is incredible how Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston have such chemistry on screen and they're not supposed to have chemistry yet. And they're playing off of each other so well. And just the way that Owen Wilson delivers things, him pulling information and kind of getting Loki to come to terms with himself and who he actually is. Owen Wilson is the only one that could have pulled that off because it's Owen Wilson. It's not Morbius. It's, it's Owen Wilson doing that. And I think that's what made them so incredible in this episode and what makes us so excited about this series move, moving along. Yeah, and Tom Hiddleston at this point, he's been playing Loki since 2011 was Thor, right? I believe so, yes. So basically, I mean, if you count like when he was filming, the better part of a decade. And he embodies this character so much to where like, you know, you play a character that long, parts of you start to bleed into the character for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's just able to have so much fun with this because he knows this character like the back of his hand. And like, because he's been playing it for 10 years, they've this is the character that they can't kill off. And I don't think we want him to kill him off anymore. They tried in Thor, right? He fell off the the Road his arc goes death in one movie, Tesseract shenanigans in the next movie. I think across all six films. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got yeah, that's that's true because then he gets captured over the Tesseract in uh, Avengers. Then in Thor: The Dark World, he's captured, dies again, ish. And then in Ragnarok, he of course steals the Tesseract at the end. Yep. Dies in Infinity War, Tesseract shenanigans in Endgame. So is he gonna Pretty die consistent. here? And, and then, then come back. And then Tesseract stuff in Multiverse of Madness. Just throwing took it out the, there. Took, no, you took the words out. I was about to sneak in and say that as you're starting that sentence. I was like, that would fit perfectly, really. <laughs> Not a mistake. All right, moving yeah. on to the story and plot, unless you guys have anything else you want to add to cast. Um, that's about it. It was. I mean, there were some other people who popped up who will mention, yeah. but for the most part, it was those two people for, for sure. So the plot synopsis for the premiere of this series says, Loki, the god of mischief, this is according to IMDb, finds himself out of time and in an unusual place and forced against his godly disposition to cooperate with others. Now, Brian, as we suspected and I think hoped, because uh, the trailers hinted at it, but we didn't know exactly if that's what they were going to do, this picks up right after we see Loki grab the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. But I think most importantly, even though it was in Avengers Endgame and it's very important to the plot here, this is actually just after the Battle of New York, which I had to keep kind of reminding myself of. I had to, too. That was if this episode had a flaw, it was that. And you can't hold it against them because that's just where we're at in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of it, and especially in the part where they're they're showing the events of Thor the Dark World and Frigga dying and and all the emotional stuff with that. That was really where I had to go, like, wait a minute. He is seeing this for the first time. We have to remember that. You have to remember how he acted in Thor The Dark World where he was stuck in the prison cell and just basically fucked the room up. It's kind of expecting him to do that here. 
it's a yeah. it's a tough task for Hiddleston because we're saying, hey, all the character development you've done since 2012, and really I think the majority of what they've done with Loki's character was after the Battle of New York going forward. None of that's actually happened to you yet, but it does happen to you. So it's like a weird yeah. dynamic of how to play the character. Um, Banner, yeah, jump is, in. Sorry, Nate, I was going to say, between that and the TBA, what else did you like about the story? So this episode, they gave us a ton of information in an extremely short amount of time, and it didn't feel like that. They essentially built an entire world with the TVA, introduced us to new characters, introduced us to what they're trying to do while redeveloping a character in Loki all in 35 minutes. And it didn't feel like 35 minutes in a good way. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just incredibly well done. The way that they tied in and recapped basically Loki's character arc from beginning to end now uh, and kind of reminded us, hey, this is who you're dealing with. This is what's going on. This is where we're at. Just a absolute incredible job. Um, I really liked how they caught us up, like you said, Hiddleston was was tasked with the tough force of or the tough task of everything that you've done since 2012. We're carrying that in 35 minutes. Go. Sorry, Nate. They did it. They did it. Oh, you're good. Um, yeah, just kind of going off of what you were saying a second ago, I was going to say, yeah, it's cool. It's a deep dive into Loki now because a lot of his story development has taken place off screen. Um, so it's really getting more into the meat and potatoes of everything. This was a tough premiere, like Brian said, because the task in and of itself of establishing the TVA, the rules of it, and how mm-hmm. it's going to sort of set this series off is very complex. And I think with exposition, they got very creative with how to do that, because I think when Loki's in line, you know, after he draws his number, that was just smart to have like the little PSA going on the TV. <laughs> the, dra- yeah. the Jurassic Park uh, thing. Right. Huge Jurassic Park nod or feels that I got uh, when Mr. DNA comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was good to key in the audience. And then, like you said, for those because you do kind of have to have uh, a lot of stuff in here for people that might not be MCU diehards or purists. Right. So you need to sort of catch them up on where Loki's at. And I'll get into that with best scene. But that was very cleverly done in a way that felt powerful, but also uh, like it was very expeditious. They were not. Like, dude, we can't spend 40 minutes going back over Loki's life. Like, we have, there's a lot of plot thread here that we're going to have to unravel in the next few episodes and new interesting stuff that people are like, really want to gnaw on a little bit. Yeah. Great job just reminding us hey, this is the things you need to know. This is what's going to be important over the next six or eight or however many episodes we've got. Everything else doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. Yeah. Anything exactly. else for best scene? Um, I was just going to mention, like, kind of the whole premise that's setting this off um, is the interaction with uh, Mobius and Loki now. And it's a great take, um, and this is probably going to develop through the plot and through the the six episodes. He's taking a different approach to Loki than anyone else has ever done. Um, He's actually getting kind of that little league coach feel, and he's like trying to like, hey buddy, you're doing you're you're doing fine. We just want to roughen his hair. Yeah, we want to figure out why you're doing this. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. Um, We we are just trying to dig in a little bit. Um, But yeah, it's it's let me help you. Yeah, it's a cool approach because 
I mean, Loki throughout all the movies and everything has always been that villain who everyone is envious of. Um, and he's trying to put his arm around him and say, hey, um, when he went up to the judge, he was like, hey, I think I got a, got an idea. I think I got a different approach. Um, I do so love how for really- the first time ever, like Loki explained, he's like, what do you want? He's like, well, I want to subjugate everyone and rule them. And for the first time ever, somebody goes, why? Yeah. Just a simple why, and there's so much more behind it, and there's so much more that's going to develop from that. Um, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and then kind of along with the plot and just, I mean, how this whole season, this episode is going to develop, um, uh, Michael Waldron, who's writer-creator, I think, for this, um, a lot of comedic relief in this, obviously, which is kind of expected from him, who I think got his up-and-coming from Community and Rick and Morty. Um, and then oh, time yeah, back to what Rick and Morty. Yeah. Time back to what Banner was saying. Maybe Loki dies here, has some shenanigans in uh, the multiverse. Michael Waldron. Writer, also wrote that film yep, huh. on there. So weird um, thing. They, they have some connections there. Just just some little breadcrumbs. Also, if you look at a photo of Michael Waldron, he just looks like someone who would be fucking hilarious. He does. Yeah. Yeah, like he looks like a guy. If we were out of the bars, I'd be like, "This guy, we need to hang out with him more often." <laughs> <laughs> yep, cracking my shit up. Very well said, Nate. All right, on to best scene. Now, uh, not to bury the lead any further, but guys, I have to go with the one Banner was describing earlier. It was basically Loki viewing the at this time it would be the quote unquote future events, mm-hmm. um, specifically the ones in Thor: The Dark World, and how his arrogance leads to Frigga's death because. Uh, Mobius sort of spells out like, yeah, you thought you were so fucking clever sending a Ma- uh, curse up those stairs thinking he was going to go to Thor and he actually found your mom. Yeah. And, killed um, and then seeing Odin's death in Ragnarok and Odin sort of accepting Loki again as his son. And I have to say, man, Tom Hiddleston, all you could have done on set that day was say, hey, man, uh, stare off past the camera and we need you to emote in 30 seconds all of the pain that your character has gone through in nine years. That's all I can give you for direction. Good thing you're a fucking incredible actor because <laughs> that was it was insane. It's an insane task. And so Tom yeah. staring at a wall and he has to relive all the trauma that Loki goes through. But also Loki's seeing it for the first time, which is really weird. So it's not even like he's reflecting on his mistakes. And I was going to save this for theories and questions, but specifically, I think between Endgame and... And this show, we talk a lot about how Thor The Dark World might kind of be like, I don't want to say the black sheep of the MCU that feels it's like... It's the worst movie, though. It is probably the worst movie, but they have done such a good job of making it still important because of the events that happened with Frigga. I think what's even more important about that, sorry not to cut you off, Nate, but God. it's not like they're retconning anything. Right. It's, like, everything's already there, and it already feels like they've had this planned out. Like, hey, we're going to make this shitty movie back in 2014 or 2015, whenever that was, to set this other thing up for six, seven years down the road. Yeah, they're, they're just shining the importance of it. Like, in Endgame, that's basically Thor's arc at the end, right? He's yeah. depressed because he let Thanos snap his fingers, and his mom tells him, like, maybe it's time you just start being the person you are instead of who you're meant to be or you're supposed to be. Yeah. And then same thing with Loki. Yep, a lot of groundwork. Nate, how about you? What was your favorite scene of the episode? Um, my favorite, it was an elongated scene, um, but the scene where he's basically checking in the, into the TVA w- was great. Um, there were so many different steps and just the layers they were going through. Um, 
and uh, kind of like Banner was saying, when the when the TV kicked on, you got the uh, Mr. DNA vibes from Jurassic Jurassic Park, um, and just there was so much of that comedic relief that I was talking about earlier that was coming through. Take a ticket. Now, there's two fucking people in here. Why am I taking a ticket? <laughs> when he and just the guy like gets frantically. Melted. When he's like frantically digging through his pocket to find his ticket, yeah, he, like you can just feel that like oh shit moment. Yeah, and uh, like each level, it was it was very well done. The everything you said scene was great, um, and it was just kind of building up to where he was going and like building that internal frustration and kind of making you expect he's going to explode or blow up like we kind of mentioned earlier um and then his inner monologue he doesn't know if he's a robot or not so he's like he's like degraded to not even knowing who he is inside of himself um so the way they all intertwine that and that whole elongated scene through like the different levels it was it was fucking hilarious i mean just the world building of the tva to me is number one like this is a great use of Disney Plus because it's so unique to anything Marvel's ever done. Yeah. And it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like everything there in terms of the employees. And we don't do, you know, Easter egg specific on this show, but go on YouTube. There are some awesome Easter egg videos of like a ton of things in the TVA, whether it's like scrolls or possible Agent Carter sighting in the background. Yeah. There's a ton of shit to, to peel through. It's funny they're just showing like even in this fantasy MCU world there's still bureaucracy bureaucracy within daily lives and it kind of relates it back to things like people going to work and stuff like that and you're like oh this makes sense and I can connect to that yeah and the comment about oh it's not worth it there's too much paperwork how exactly. many times have you been pulled over for like speeding or not turning your signal on and like you get a warning you're like that is literally because he didn't want to do that paperwork yeah, yeah. he didn't want to fill it out hundred percent so. My favorite scene is kind of the follow-up to yours, Jeff. After Loki, quote-unquote, escapes, he uses the, I don't even know what the fuck it is, the little Slicker. time travel thing, yeah. clicker thing, and he leaves, and he comes back to the room after he watches the film reel. And Owen Wilson comes back, and he's like, look, man, like, don't freak out. What, what's up? And he starts to actually explain, like, this is why I do what I do. I don't like killing people, but I have to. Yeah. I am... And, and him going through that and kind of really that come to Jesus moment of I am Loki and this is why I'm Loki was just so well done. And the buildup to that moment, again, happened so quick in our face. I didn't even realize it happened until after it happened. And yeah. that is such a good thing. It was almost like he was a cage bird, got free, but then realized he needed to come back. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the scene with Mobius, I mean, like we said, no one has ever actually asked him those questions because Odin's always been like, you're a fuck up. Like, why are you doing this? And he's always been jealous of Thor. No one's actually sat him down and been like, "Okay, so you take over the nine realms, then what? I I got (laughs) a super like kind of the vibe or the feeling that I got is Mobius is telling Loki everything that Frigga has always told Loki. Like, look, just be true to yourself. Why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. you you be you. But because that's Loki's mom, we're obviously not going to listen to her. Right. Now that somebody else is telling you, he's like, oh, shit, maybe I should have, like, been more real with myself. Yeah, finally coming to that realization. Yeah. All right, last part of the show, theories and questions going forward. So let me just get it started off with a question and theory. And I feel like that, 
the girl whose boyfriend has cheated on her like four times and she's like i'm gonna give him another chance i think i know where you're going with this one (laughs) to even say this to lead it off but the scene early on when mobius goes to the uh french church and i think it was 1490 and the kid the young little french boy is talking about uh a demon that he saw and he points to a uh painting on the wall and it is yeah it's basically a depiction of the devil do we even want to start speculating on mephisto again after the ptsd that we all have from wandavision i mean we're just glutton for punishment so yes i want to speculate (laughs) (laughs) my only other thing i could think is was it but again they make a point that it's the devil and it's red but is it an alt version of loki because we're going to get female loki and kid loki is it one of them that just had his like horn helmet on that could be it, yeah, as well. I'm but, gonna say no, just for argument's sake. I think it's Mephisto. Oh, I, want I think it to be it, Mephisto. Yeah, I want it to be Mephisto too. Um, and I think that's. Kind of, I mean, God, I know. I'm just saying. We thought it was pretty obvious before, but it's pretty obvious now. We but, got really so. into like the Mr. Scratchy and all those theories. <laughs> yeah. In Wandavision, but this time they literally showed a picture of the devil. Yeah, they so they were I'm tickling like, our balls before. They're they're stroking the shaft now. Right, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll just go around Robin. That was very vivid. Um, I yeah, I had that on here as well. Will we get a Mephisto appearance? Um, and then something something you kind of alluded to a second ago, um, w- which is a question, and we kind of kind of theorize about it too. But what version of Loki are they chasing, and and what will it look like? Um, is it um, is it yeah some loki that's in from another universe or something like that that's time 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 traveling or anything like that or is it like a future loki of the same ilk but now he has knowledge of the um tva and how it's done and so he's using that to kind of make them chase him through um, different timelines i'm gonna be interested to see what loki they are chasing maybe there's multiple lokis they're chasing so we'll see Sorry, Banner, before you jump in, one of my theories actually ties into what Nate just said, because speaking to that, like, what does that version of Loki want Mm -hmm. will be interesting. And then are they working for someone? Yeah. A la Mephisto or someone else. So we don't know who they are or their motivation yet, which is pretty interesting that I'm this intrigued after episode one when we don't even really have many of the details. I don't I don't think it's going to they're actually chasing Loki. Just because you have Loki is straight up villain in mm-hmm. Thor and in uh, Avengers, then they kind of sh- shift him to where he's an antihero. Like you're not sure if he's good or bad. Like he does the right thing, but it, only if it benefits him in Thor: The Dark World and Ragnarok. And then he isn't really in Endgame or Infinity War. So now, like we have that transition from full full bad guy to half bad guy. Is he going to be full good guy now? That's kind of what it's trending towards. I mean, and, and yeah. they're trying to throw us off by saying, no, we're searching for you, dude. Like, you're the bad guy. So He's certainly going to have those tendencies that he falls back on. I do know in that the, there is someone cast as female Loki in the show, and there is child Loki as well. Now, they, it could be uh, episodic, where like they're sort of a villain of the week, quote-unquote, in one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think to both of your points that the overarching bad for the whole series is actually going to end up being this alt version of Loki. Cause I think there's going to be several. I would agree with that. Yeah. I can see it happening. Um, 
just because it doesn't really have any other place in the show. Did you guys notice how well the score was in this? Uh, I didn't notice it until the end credits, to be honest. But I do. It has kind of like a. It's giving me like a clock type theme, right? Like yeah, a, it's it's like a upbeat ominous. Yeah. If that even makes any sense. <clears throat> I don't know how much they used it then in the episode because I didn't really. They so it. I watched it twice. I watched it by myself because um, Mama Banner had something to do, and then we watched it again a couple days later. Yeah. And if you go back and watch it again, where you're not so invested in paying attention to the story as much, and you're kind of looking for those those things on the peripheral, that was one of the things that really stood out to me as you didn't notice it in a good way. But when you actually kind of bring it to the forefront of your mind, yeah. really, really, really well done. At times it crescendoed and it and it was in your face when it needed to be and it pulled back when it didn't. I'll have to go back and give it another watch. One question that I have is, so they say the events of Endgame are supposed to happen. The Avengers are supposed to time travel to fix the snap does the snap or the blip that doesn't exist at the tva does that not affect them at all are they they... not beings and uh, granted the snap affects the universe right well now we know there are multiple universes and they're the guardians or the protectors or the the law enforcement agency that are over all of these universes does that affect them I think they exist in like a sub universe where like it's like the Truman show and they're like the ones producing and directing it. Case in point when Loki finds the Infinity Stones and they're like powerless and used to paperweights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they exist like almost above uh, the universe. And I'm wondering if the Eternals, since it focuses on the Celestials, will deal with this at all as well. Oh, maybe. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't think the blip or snap affected them at all. Um, uh, case in point, Casey doesn't. Casey, who played by Eugene Cordero, the kind of guy behind the desk, doesn't know what a fish is. So they're kind of off in their own, <laughs> own world, <laughs> own realm. <laughs> it, I think, I hope he's going to have a bigger role, almost like a like a Kat Dennings uh, role in from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's there reoccurring, but his role isn't really that big at the in, the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I'm wondering going forward how much more time we'll get at the TVA because I could see each episode they're just like jumping to a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that'll be a big part of it. I, I think – I agree. I don't think they're going to be at the TVA very much. I think that they needed to establish what the TVA is so mm-hmm. that – it makes sense that, hey, we're jumping from 1500 to 1800 back to, I don't know, maybe caveman time. You know, yeah. is Loki or is this villain that they're chasing going to stop the wheel from being invented? Oh, that would suck. Butterfly effect. I like yeah. it. Uh, one last thing I had regarding the TVA. So Ravana Renslayer, played by Gugu Mbatha-Ra, if I'm saying her name right, I hope, because I've actually liked her in a lot of other things. Although, Banner, she was in one of the worst movies we've ever reviewed on this pod in the Cloverfield Paradox. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So her her character in the comics is uh, someone who Kang the Conqueror, who we know has been cast in the MCU as by Jonathan Majors, is in love with. And Kang, obviously, is... His comic arc, the Avengers fuck with time. He comes back to basically punish them and destroy them. 
I believe that we saw Kang's face in this. I believe he is one of the elders whose face was carved into the wall behind uh, Ravana when she was giving people like their sentencings. So I don't think it's going on a limb, and I've seen a lot of other videos speculate this, but Kang has got to be in this show. And I don't know if he's like infiltrated the TVA or if he is in charge of the TVA and actually has really nefarious plans. But considering he's been cast... A lot of people are speculating Kang is the big bad for Phase 4. And we know he's in the Ant-Man sequel, Quantum Mania, where they kind of fuck with the quantum realm and other dimensions. Uh, I'm going to... I already lost my house because I bet that Doctor Strange was showing up in WandaVision. I'm going to double down and bet Brian's house now that Kang shows up in the Loki series at some point, played by Jonathan Majors. That's a big that's a big say because uh, in recent real estate market my house is like double in value. Yeah. So wow. plus you're renovating the lab, so that only ups. That's the, true. Uh, yeah. Obviously, adds value. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say something crazy, and there's no fucking way this is gonna happen. But this show is not gonna have an end. The end of this show is going to be officially opening the multiverse. They aren't gonna catch the bad guy. They aren't going to get even some semblance of a resolution, it is going to end on a cliffhanger and we won't get a second season. It's going to lead right back into the movies. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, we, we speculated in Wanda, WandaVision just fucked us up, right? We're, we're always wrong, but we were really wrong with, with WandaVision. Multiverse, I don't think, has officially been opened yet. Yeah, I think this is a good candidate to lead directly into a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can already see the connections of the multiverse and where they're, where this could blow up. So, and uh, is, I may be mistaken, but is this the first time the multiverse is actually mentioned by name in uh, far from home? I know they mention it because okay. I've only seen that one one time. So I'll Mysterio claims to be from a different earth. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's just made up comic book shit. <laughs> yeah, who who likes that? <laughs> All right, before we let the people go for episode one, anything else we're leaving on the table here? Theories, questions. Uh, that about does it for me. Yeah, I don't have a don't have a whole lot. Um, digging that it came out on Wednesday though. I know. I actually I think, totally mm. forgot that until I think day of. Yeah, you, I think you texted me like Wednesday afternoon, and I was like, well, fuck yeah, I know what I'm doing this evening now. Yeah. Yep. It's a nice treat. Definitely. All right, for the American hero Nate Thurmond and the mad scientist Brian Banner, I'm the mayor Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro 4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Be sure to join us. I don't know. Hopefully we can get them out before the weekend for the rest of these reviews, but if not, Sundays at least, for our Loki reviews for the rest of this season. Follow us on Twitter at Bro4Squad. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast if you type in Bro4Squad as three separate words. And check out everything we do on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, we got to go check out these really cool glowing paperweights that just came in the mail. I think I make a pretty, a very pretty Lady Thurman in another universe. Definitely. I mean, keep the mustache. Forget yeah. the three musketeers. We're the three space lizards. Three space lizards. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs>